Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, Love, with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message entitled, Love Encountered. Enjoy this message. Amen. Well, why don't you stay standing? Why don't we pray together tonight? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this place. And, Father, we understand, God, that it's not by human ingenuity, it's not by our own thought process, it's not by anything that we do, but all that will be accomplished here tonight is only possible by your Holy Spirit. It's a sovereign work of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We surrender and submit to your authority tonight all over this house. We rebuke every lie of the enemy. We rebuke every foul spirit. We rebuke every foul word that's been spoken over your people, Father. And we pray, God, complete freedom and liberty in the house. In Jesus' name, the saints of God said amen. Amen and amen. All right, well, you can be seated and, and thank you uh, for your generosity. Thank you for, uh, for your giving and your faithfulness to the house of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord uh, tonight. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit here tonight. All right, we'll get some of you guys there on the left side. We'll get you guys uh, going here in a minute. But uh, before before I go any uh, before I, I, I go really take off here tonight, uh, I do want to honor uh, our set man and woman of the house, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, our senior pastors. Love them and honor them. Appreciate uh, appreciate them. Appreciate their leadership. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Omar, for uh, just trusting us and, and allowing us to, to, to labor with you. And so, uh, man, our pastors are awesome. Our pastors are awesome. Well, uh, I, I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to stay in line with uh, with the theme on love. And tonight, uh, I want to talk to you about a, a love encountered. A love encountered, and uh, really, my my thought. Uh, uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, my thought is that uh, maybe we need to maybe we need to straighten out some things. Uh, you know, we talk about the love of God. How many of you love you know appreciate the love of God? And we talk about how we should treat our spouse right, treat our kids right, treat our coworkers right. Uh, but I think we got to get some things fixed, you know, fixed and, and aligned uh, before we're able to kind of uh, do these things that God has called us to do. You guys with me tonight? So, uh, so here in Matthew 22, uh, verse 37 through 40, uh, kind of been like our, our set, uh, theme scripture for the sermon series. Uh, it says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And so uh, we, we know this, uh, we kind of even kind of recite it kind of quickly. And, and sometimes uh, I've said this before, kind of familiarity uh, gets us kind of messed up here. But uh, what the Bible is telling us is that we got to put God first, put first things first, say that, say put f- first things first. All right, so we got to put God first. And once we got that right, then we're enabled to, then we're, 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 uh, we're, we're, it's possible for us to love other people. I, I, I like this scripture. Pastor Omar referenced this scripture uh, last week uh, as he preached, love is humble. Um, and uh, man, I, uh, I, I really like that, that message. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's a powerful message. Uh, I remember he said, uh, um, uh, you, uh, uh, 
you need to humble yourself or God will humble you, right? And so how many of us rather humble ourselves than, than God humbling us? I've experienced that in my life and uh, that's pretty traumatic. So, uh, but in Ephesians, he references scripture, Ephesians 3, chapter 18 through 19, it says, uh, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And so as I'm, as I'm reading this, as I'm understanding this, is how, how are we able to fathom? How are we able to kind of uh, 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 work this out in our minds to understand the fullness and the power and the love of God in its entirety? See, in our finite minds as humans, uh, we're... we're you guys messing with me a little bit? Okay. Uh, in, in our minds as, as humans, uh, uh, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around these things. There's so many different things that we've experienced in our lives, whether it's trauma or whatever it is, that kind of mess us up. There, it's just not, we're not able to connect the dots so to speak. And so uh, we encounter this love in many ways, okay? So you encounter this love of God in many ways, um, but what enables us to love God as Jesus directs us and then take that love uh, to others. See, this is truly a miracle. It's, a, it's truly a miracle that there's folks in this room that were full of hate, full of violence, full of rage, and now you love someone. That's crazy. It's truly a miracle that God would take a heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh and make it able to love and to be sensitive and to have a concern for someone else. How many of you in your life had no concern, no regard for someone else? Yes, okay, more hands. All right, come on. But it's truly a miracle that God would take that person and completely transform them. How does he do that? It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you decided one day to do that. It's a transformative power. It's an enabling power. It's, a, it's this thing that just changes everything that we are. It's truly a miracle. So uh, we, we encounter God, um, and we encounter God's love through the Word of God. Yes, as you're reading the Bible, you encounter the power of God. You encounter the love of God as you're reading the Scripture. We encounter the love of God through this church. How many of you, uh, you know, you walked into Reach Paramount and you felt the love of God? This is something that, this is very intentional. Our pastor talks about it all the time. We want to be known as a church that loves. We want to be known as someone that walks into this place. You feel welcomed. You feel the genuine love of God when you walk into this place. So we can experience the love of God or we can encounter the love of God through the church. Now, God's love is also encountered. God's love is also experienced in person to person, in our relationships with our brothers and sisters. How many of you have experienced the love of God in your relationships with other people? I, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm so uh, uh, fulfilled and, and so happy and, and uh, uh, grateful to God for relationships that I have in this house. I think about, uh, I just talked about our pastors and that divine connection. I think about all my brothers and my sisters, so many as I'm, walk, as I'm just looking around, so many people that I have a genuine love for that I, my life has been enriched. The life of my family and my children have been enriched 
by these divine connections that, I, that, that I've been able to establish and encounter the love of God, uh, we understand that uh, as we connect with each other and as uh, iron sharpens iron, as, as we're made better uh, together, that God's love is just molding us and forming us and shaping us, right, so that we would be able to find success and victory in this, in this life. Yes? So I got a clip about divine connections and finding success with other people. If you guys would just show that video real quick. They're going to have to go make a stop. This is the 15th play of the drive. Four runs, 10 passes. Second to go. This is a divine connection, guys. Pass. Got it. Touchdown. I got, I got like, like golf pass. All right, you guys can turn it off. Listen, we encounter the power of God. We encounter, right? I'm making, uh, come on, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm making fun of this, making light of this. But truly, in our divine connections, in our partnership with one another, we encounter the love of God, right? I, 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 I remember in my life that there, there were certain times in my life that I encountered the love of God by someone else through a connection person to person. I, I, I often share this story, uh, but when we were in Madison, this is uh, uh, 18 years ago, 2003, Pastor Omar, when we were in Madison, I remember I was jacked up, I was broken, I was busted and disgusted, strung out, and I remember I would show up to church, and I remember Brother Cal Huerta, and he would be out there in the, in the parking lot as a greeter. Every single time I came walking up, he'd have a big smile, you guys heard the story, big smile, give me a big hug and say, brother, it's good to see you. I encountered the love of God here in church from another person that was full of the love of God. You guys with me? So, uh, so, so now I believe that love is encountered uh, um, and accessible only by way of revelation. So I, I just asked you, how is it possible that you, someone that was full of hate, someone that was full of violence, someone that, someone that was full of rage, how, how can you now love someone else with a genuine love of God? How is that possible? The only way that's possible, I believe, is through revelation. Now, I, I, I think that sometimes we try to make this much more complicated than it needs to be. Revelation is very, very simple, and I'll, I'll give you a definition. Revelation is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. It's also something that is revealed by God to humans, an act of revealing to view or making known something that is revealed especially or an enlightening or astonishing disclosure, a shocking revelation. This is what I believe the revelation is that uh, humanity has received that is so significant, and it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the revelation that enables us, that allows us to access the power of God in our lives. It's only because of the Holy Spirit that came into your life and transformed you that you're able to love your spouse, love your neighbor, love your children, all that kind of stuff. You're not kicking the dog anymore, but you're, you're saturated with God's love, right? It's in you, and it's, it's just oozing out of you. It's permeating everything in, your, everything in your life, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's been, uh, that, that, that this revelation has come alive in us, and it's now illuminated us. Right? I feel, I feel like the monitor is a little high, but if, if we could just turn that down a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Okay, so again, I believe that the, the, the most significant revelation that we've received 
is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is the enabler. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, or Jesus said, it's the helper that was gonna come to us, the one that allows us to access the fullness of God and truly encounter his love. I, I, I believe this, that before you can love someone else, you have to have an encounter with love. And the way that we have the encounter with love is to be full of the Holy Spirit. See, many, many of you in here, you, you wonder why, why can't you just get over the hump? Why can't you, uh, 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 you desire to, to change? You desire to uh, stop whatever it is that you continue to, to stumble over. I, I, I'm here to ask you, maybe you've not encountered the fullness and the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't. And so, uh, so Paul talks about this in Romans chapter five, verse one through eight. It says this, and I'm gonna read it slowly. Therefore... Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Of undeserved privilege. There's nothing that you've done or there's nothing that you've done or did or will do to deserve the privilege of knowing God, of being in right standing with God. There's nothing you've done. You could be self-righteous. You could be a good person. You could be a philanthropist. You could give all of your, right? But it, 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 it's nothing, nothing that we've done in ourselves to deserve uh, this privilege. Where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse three, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse five, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment. I'll say that one more time. This hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Why? because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Another translation says it this way, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse six, when we were utterly helpless, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God demonstrated his love for us, how great his love was for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God's love poured into our hearts, my heart, your heart, is not the same as God's love proven in our minds. You see, there's a lot of people that put a lot of stock in their own understanding or their own reasoning or logic. And I'm not saying that that's not something that we should use to worship God. I'm not saying that that's not something that we should use to move us closer to God in a deeper understanding. But if it's just in our minds, uh, it, it falls short. So, so God's love poured into our heart is a real heart encounter of being loved 
by God. This infilling of the Holy Spirit is a real encounter of being loved by God. And God's love proven to our mind is the logical conclusion of an argument. So this is my desire that you would know the fullness of God and the love of God so that it would be transforming in your life, not only in your life, but then you would be able to serve that to someone else and help them to understand and experience and encounter the love of God that has transformed your life. You understand what I'm saying tonight? So we can know some things in our heads. We can know them uh, through an argument and reasoning. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this. You should study the word. You should have a deep understanding of the word. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you just take the word for what it is, there, it could be up for, for misunderstanding, right? Or misinterpretation. Let me give you an example. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Okay, so if someone heard that, that's living outside of the grace of God, that's living outside of, of in right standing with God because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them, they could determine, well, I'm part of the world, so God must love me. You understand what I'm saying? And so we try to like logically kind of set our place and then stand on that as if that is our encounter or that is our reality. Now, many of you know that there's, there's those that can recite this scripture but are far from God, yes? Okay, all right, so you guys are with me, good, all right. Um, so, so that's one way of us knowing that we're loved by, by God because we can look to the scripture and that gives us confidence, that empowers us, that makes us feel, uh, uh, that, that stabilizes our faith, yes? Now someone else might say, uh, uh, um, might, might say this, John 15, 13, it says, greater love has no one, uh, no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Now, uh, someone might say, well, I'm God's friend because I do what he commands me to do, uh, like John 15, 14. Um, so then Christ loves me with this great love. Now, yes, you may, you, just like the rich, rich young ruler, he did all of the things. He checked all of the boxes, right? But his heart was far from God, yes? His heart was far from God. He walked away from the Lord, although he was doing all of the right things. So many times in our lives, we could think that we're in right standing with the Lord. And I'm not talking to you about your salvation being so fragile. What I'm asking you to do tonight is kind of think about what's going on in your heart. Really understand, have, have I really surrendered to the love of God? Have I really surrendered to the will of God in my life? All of these things are good as we look at the scripture and we confirm the things that we already know in our hearts to be true. These are good things, but by themselves, they come up short. So there's certainly a way of knowing uh, in our head that we're loved, but it isn't necessarily what Paul is talking about when he says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is a spirit-given encounter. See what happens, there are, there are those that would say that experience or, or encounters don't mean anything. It, it, it's, it's just about the word and, and you have to, you know, you have to logically conclude and you have to argue and you have to debate whether who's right or wrong. There, there's no, there, I'm telling you right here in Romans 5, 5, there's no place for anything other than an encounter with the Holy Spirit. There's no place for it. That's where it starts, is that you have to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you can learn. It doesn't matter what the capacity of your mind is to understand all the complexities of theology and religion. It doesn't matter if you've not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. 
So this, this, uh, th- th- this, this uh, filling of the Holy Spirit is something that's given and it's something that is felt. Now, I'm not here, we, you hear us talk about all the time that we don't go off of feelings. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, oh, you feel the Holy Spirit or you feel loved, then, then you're good. I'm talking about a true encounter with the Holy Spirit that leads you to a place that, of confidence that no one could dissuade you, no one could persuade you of anything else, that God is in you, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we, we have to notice the significance of the role that this encounter that I'm talking about of the love of God is to have in each and every one of our lives. It's foundational uh, for, uh, uh, for how we can be sure that our hope won't lead us to disappoint, disappointment. Uh, the scripture says, for we know how dearly God loves us. And to, to see how this confidence or knowing works, we need to ask, how can hope lead to disappointment? How can the hope that you have in Christ lead you to disappointment? There's a couple of ways that that can happen. The first thing is that, uh, uh, the first thing is that your encounter of hope might be phony. Your encounter of hope might be phony. Well, what do you mean by that? So you say your hope is in God, but it's not. Your hope could be in vanity. It could be in yourself. All my hope is, all my hope is right here. I went to school. I, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I have the uh, ability. I have the ambition, whatever it is. All of my hope is right here in myself. This is one way that our hope could lead us to disappointment. You with me? What's another way? Pastor Omar did this the other day. Another way that our hope can lead us to disappointment is that our hope is in our finances. Our hope is in our employer. Our hope is in our business. Our hope is in our retirement fund. In these ways, our hope can lead us to disappointment. This is number one. So our encounter of hope might be real. Okay, our encounter of hope might be real, but then it proves in the end to be built on a deception. Here's another way that our hope could be could lead us to disappointment, um, and, and and we might we, we might maybe con- con- conclude that God really didn't love you in the first place. Maybe okay, or there's not a God at all, potentially. Okay, so Paul showed how God helps us with this in verse number three. He says we can rejoice too, or also when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. This is what happens is when, when we go through trials and tribulations and testings is that all this stuff, all of this stuff gets burned away, right? It goes away. Uh, you get a bad report, right? We're praying for people uh, right now. We're praying for Justine uh, Vargas and we're praying, we're believing God for a miracle. We're praying for uh, many, many other people. We're praying for brothers and sisters here in the church tonight. We're believing God for a miracle in their life. Now, if their, if, if their hope wasn't secured, if their hope wasn't full, right, when they get a bad report, they're gone. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and so as we go through things right as as we as we experience different things we understand that these fires and sufferings refine our hope it strengthens our hope and uh uh, uh and it helps us i think about this 
um, that as, as each and every one of us have experienced different trials in your life, different obstacles that you've overcome. I think about, for me, I shared this story before. Uh, uh, my, mom, uh, my mom passed over 10 years ago. She was 56 years old. And uh, I, I remember this, that uh, I was walking with the Lord and, and my confidence was in God. But uh, how many of you know that your faith could be shaken in a moment like that? And you start to question, you start to ask, why, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, we've talked about this, right? Uh, but I remember my mom, uh, and I share this, I share this often, it's, it's, it's really one of those pillars of faith, of those experiences that I've had in my life, and looking at someone else and being, uh, uh, being encouraged. I remember my mom on her deathbed, worshiping the Lord and telling me she's going to go see Jesus. And that just, that just, it just stayed with me. It just stayed with me, right? And, and so I, I remember trying to navigate through that and just trying to understand and, 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 and focus on God and not, my, not let my hope get, you know, derailed, right? And then most recently, you guys, many of you know this, is that my dad passed away uh, last March, so almost, coming up on almost a year. And when this happened, this really rocked my faith. It shook me to the core. It, shook, it, 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 it completely turned everything that I knew and turn it upside down. Now in that moment, because my faith was secure, the encounter that I had with God, the Holy Spirit was empowering me. I was surrounded by the family of God. I was able to navigate through that. It wasn't easy, but I was able to navigate through that. And I could stand here today and tell you that my feet are firm on the foundation of Christ's love. Every single time that you've overcome a trial in your life, every single time that you've been rocked to the very core and you're still standing, you're declaring the power of God and the faithfulness of God in your life. So these trials, all these things come to us and shake us and this refines us and now I can stand on the other side of that and say God is good. You could stand on the other side of that and say, my marriage was on the rocks. We were, we were on our way to divorce, but God showed up, and God is good. God is faithful, right? Come on. That's right. So this is, this is, this is how God helps. I got I, I to gotta move here. I, I'm going to just kind of get, get into this. So, so the first thing that, that this love encounter, uh, that, that it helps us and it, it shapes us is because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So whatever we say about our encounter or our experience, it has to clearly be known that it's not the work of humans. So it's not me. It's not my ambition. It's not my grit that gets me through. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is carrying me through this life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's allowing me and enabling me to overcome all of these things that life throws at me. How many of you know that life is brutal? So it's the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, that allows us to continue in this walk of faith. It is supernatural. So it's not the product of privilege. It's not the product of your environment. It's not the product of situation. And it isn't because you belong to a good Christian family. So we don't make this happen. It's the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. So you see, in, 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 in modern times, we've become so 
clinical and uh, 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 I try to psychologize, right? So clinical and psychologize. We we start like trying to really complicate things, and and uh, I'm not I, I'm not dismissing mental health. I'm not dismissing trauma, but you can look at both spectrums. One that came from a good family, one that came from a good upbringing, what you would call privilege, or one that came from brokenness. And how do they both experience and encounter the power of God that is transforming? I have a picture here. Uh, if you guys would put that up, and this is this is me just kind of uh, having fun with myself. All right, so um, so this is my family, okay, and and that's uh, that's me right there, and uh, this is like the picture perfect Christian family, okay. So uh, so many of you know this that I grew up in a Christian home. My uh, uh, my, my mom and dad uh, served the Lord. They were pastors, evangelists. Uh, um, uh, my entire life, I, I knew nothing else. And uh, I was talking to my wife the other day, and um, I don't ever remember. I remember my mom and dad kind of like like nitpicking a little bit, but I never remember them actually fighting, like raising their voice, yelling at each other. Never remember that. I don't have that memory. So I was raised in a good Christian family. Now, how many of you know that just because you were raised in a good Christian family doesn't make you right with God? So how can... How, and, and I put my put my siblings on blast a little bit. They're saved and and, and sanctified today, uh, and I, I praise God for that. But th- those three th- those three right there in the front, right? That we had all the privilege that you could think of. Okay, we were raised in a good family, a loving family. We knew of God, right? We were raised in the church. How did all three of them, us, turn our backs on God and just walk away from the Lord? How did that happen? We were in privilege. We were in the right situation. How did that happen? We didn't have an encounter with the power and the love of God. We didn't have an encounter with the transforming power of God. You guys can take that down. So how, how, do, how do we take this spectrum, which is the far side of, of the good upbringing and all that kind of stuff, and then maybe there's some of you out here that maybe your upbringing, your household, what you, what you came up with was brokenness. You didn't know, you, you had no idea what this was like. You, you didn't even know the power of God. You didn't even know uh, of God in, in, your, in your household. But now you're here today and you're serving God and the power of God is working through you. How is that? And I'm, I'm here to tell you, it has nothing to do with the circumstances around you. It has everything to do with your encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I, 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 I don't want to dismiss, I don't want to dismiss mental health, okay, because this is, this is a real thing. And I, I'm here to tell you, um, I understand if you've experienced something that's traumatic, okay, so I, I understand that, I acknowledge that. I understand even if you were a victim of trauma, I understand that. But today in Christ, you're not a victim, you're a victor. So, so whatever you experience cannot uproot or hinder or, or, or create an obstacle for you to encounter the power of God. Now, I will acknowledge there are some things that you have to get over. I understand. You have to deal with some things. Some of those things are our are, are perception of God and, and uh, maybe a distorted perception of who God is. See, this was Satan's original temptation in the garden. He took the words of God, twisted them, and made Eve believe a lie. This is what he's doing to some of us here tonight. Another thing that, that, that we do that hinders us from encountering the power of God and the love of God is that some of these experience like, experiences, like I talked about, uh, from imperfect people, we take those experiences and say, well, because my dad did this or because uh, someone in authority did this to me, now I'm going to put that on God and say, God, I can't trust anybody in authority because those people hurt me in the past. 
I, I love what I, I found this quote. It says, undealt with wounds from the past can limit and distort our experience of God's love like a broken bone that was never set, a broken heart, and time can throw everything out of whack and define how we walk or even limp through life and the knowledge of God. It is as we learn the relationship between our sinfulness or brokenness, our woundedness, that we begin to understand how our hearts serve, as John said, as idle factories. We create substitutes for the love of God and the God of love. We create these things in our minds and we distort Everything. Another thing that could kind of mess us up is pain. Uh, painful events in life make it difficult for many of us to believe that God is love. How can God be love when my loved one died so brutally? How can God be love? How can God be love when my child has been uh, um, uh, diagnosed with a fatal disease? How can God be love? So too much of uh, uh, so the stories of betrayal, abuse, and abandonment, and chronic pain, and unimaginable sufferings cause many of us to doubt God's love. And these are things that we have to get over. The Holy Spirit is here to help us and to empower us through these things. Some of us are are, are in this place where the gospel message, the love of God, the reckless love of God, just seems too good to be true. Your experiences. The things that you've encountered in your life, you, you know that some things are just too good to be true. Some of us are dealing with, with a problem of self-worth that no one can love me the way that God says that he loves me. There is no one. Some of us, you know, some of us in our lives, um, uh, we kind of self-sabotage sometimes. Sometimes when things are going really good because we're so used to chaos, we just kind of throw everything in, in, in kind of crazy, right? We're just like, I, I, don't, I don't even want to go here. I, I, I don't want to walk down that path because I've been disappointed time and time and time again. So we self-sabotage uh, sometimes in, in, in our loves. And, and so these are the things that we have to overcome. But I'm here to tell you that God will give you the grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome these things and gain victory in these things. So this encounter of God's love, number two, is has factual and tangible substance or content to it. So one, another way for us to say that this supernatural encounter, and it's, it's 100% an encounter, an experience that we all have, is given to us by the Spirit through facts, okay? So there's a knowing factor uh, to our encounter or our experience, and there are real facts behind knowing. So I'm going to just kind of walk you through verses 6 and 8 of our text. It says, it says uh, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now in verse 7 and 8, it says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And so here's this experience that we have with God. And it's a, yes, it, we feel the love of God. Yes, we feel the power of God. But we can now go back and point to facts. We could go back and point on something that is actually tangible to say, this is why, this is why I could say that the power of God is real. Because the same power that's alive in me today, the same power that's enabling me today, is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So this isn't some theory. This isn't some, uh, some illusion. This isn't some myth. But this is real encounter, real facts, and real things that are moving us in the power of God. 
The next thing is that this love is encountered by all Christians in a variety of experiences and degrees. I'm going to kind of go fast here. I know that as we sit here today that there's those that we would call on fire for God, right? Where you're just vibrant. Your, your, your walk with the Lord is vibrant, okay? And then there's others, not so much, right? It's hard to read the Bible. It's hard to pray. Uh, it's hard to even sit, uh, stay here and listen to what I'm saying because you're tired or something like that. I understand that there's different degrees that we're experiencing the love of God and the power of God in our lives. And so we have to work through these things and we have to ask God to help us. See, he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love. And so, uh, so we have to understand this. Romans 8, 9 says it this way. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And so the power of God is in us. The power of God is available to us. And uh, it, it, it's very clear here that if the power of God, if the love of God is not vibrant in your life, then you don't belong to him. That's just the fact. It's the, it's the word of God. And so we have to look at ourselves and understand, because what this means is that all Christians have the spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit, or you don't. There, there's no in between. You either have it or, or, or you don't. So all true Christians, all those that are walking with the Lord, uh, have been filled with God's love in our hearts. And every true Christian knows for a fact the love of God is not just an argument, uh, but it's a true encounter that each and every one of us have experienced. The last thing, and this is, kind of, this is in closing, is that the experience, our encounter with God, varies from time to time and person to person. How many of you, in times in your life, you felt like on the mountaintop? And then like the next day, you're like crawling. Yes? Because there's, there's different degrees that we're walking with the Lord. It's a journey. It's ebbs and flows. As you're walking with the Lord, we understand that life hits us and, and we're trying to navigate and, and all these different things. But our experience varies from time to time and from person to person. The Bible says, or Romans uh, um, chapter 5, verse 5, says the second half of it, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. There's a difference in this tense between filling our hearts and he has given us. So let me make this clear one time. As you, as you give your life to the Lord, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to give the opportunity, maybe you're here tonight and you've never done that, but as you give your heart to the Lord, as you say, God, I, 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 I'm in need of a Savior. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my brokenness. The moment that you do that, the Holy Spirit comes into you, okay? So it's given to you at the point of what we call conversion. You've converted your life to the Lord, okay? So, so that's, that, that's the first part. Uh, the second one means that this, uh, I'm sorry, and then the first part uh, is, is that it can keep on happening as we're filled uh, we can continue to be filled, right? So as we fill, we pour out, and then we're refilled again. It's kind of like uh, I, I, I drink uh, I, I drink club sodas at the uh, at the restaurant, right? And so uh, when I'm when I'm down, I say, "Hey, come and fill me up." This is why we come to the church and we're singing before the Lord, "Fill me up, Lord," right? Because we need a refilling of the Holy Spirit, right? I, we're, it's ebbs and flows, and as we're walking and we're kind of teetering back and forth, and it kind of spills out here and spills out there. This is why we have midweek service, so that you can come back and get in the presence of God and allow the Holy Spirit to refill, refill 
our tank. Say, fill me up, Lord. Come on, say it like you mean it. Fill me up, Lord. Some of us need a, some of us need a refill tonight. Yes? Some of us need a refill tonight. 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse 5 says this. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. See, Paul's, Paul's prayer for the, uh, for the Thessalonians is that God would do something now. He wants God to direct their hearts. You've heard us say that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Yes? Whatever, even, what, even right now, as, as, as I'm here, maybe some of you are thinking about, I got to get, get the kids ready tomorrow morning, and your mind is moving in that direction, right? Whatever the strongest thought is right now in your mind, that's, that, that's, where, that's where your life is heading towards. It's the same thing with the heart. It's the same thing with the heart. See, the heart has directions, and it moves towards one thing, right? So, so here's our heart. You guys remember the heart? Here's our heart. It's always moving in one direction or the other, right? And, and the heart is, is uh, when the heart moves towards something, it'll always move towards what it thinks to be most appealing, pleasing, or important. Whatever's most appealing, pleasing, or important. If your work or your job or your business is most important, then your heart's headed that way, regardless of where God's at, Right? If your heart, if what's most appealing is, is money or accolades or accomplishments, then your heart is moving in that direction. Whatever is most appealing, most pleasing, most pleasing, sorry, and most important, your hearts are headed in that direction. So I want you to ask yourself tonight, where, which way is your heart, uh, what, which way is your heart, what direction is your heart in tonight? Is it pursuing God? Is it putting God first that we love God? with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our might, everything that we have in us? So Paul prays for, for this to happen to the Thessalonians, that, that God would direct their hearts. And I, I believe that that's our prayer tonight, that God would direct our hearts, right? That God would incline our hearts or tilt our hearts into the love of God. And into the steadfastness of Christ. What does that mean? The stabilizing power of God. That we'd be stabilized in our thinking. So, in closing, verse 5, um, Romans 5, verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is what I want to tell you tonight, that God won't, God won't let you down. Your hope, your, your life, your commitment, your direction in God and putting God first, there's no, there's no disappointment there. In fact, it's fulfillment. It won't be led to, to disappointment. I'm going to ask if you would just bow your head and close your eyes and reverence to the Holy Spirit here tonight. I know that the presence of the Lord is here. I, I know that because the Bible Jesus promises us that where two or three are gathered, he's there. And so I, I believe tonight that, I believe that there's a lot of different groups of people here tonight. And, and, and we're all kind of experiencing or encountering God in a lot of different ways. And, and the first thing, uh, the, the first group of people that I want to talk to tonight is, is maybe those that have not committed their lives to the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, 
I, I understand what you're saying. I even understand the things of God. I understand that in my mind. I could, I could conclude logically that God is real. I could conclude logically that God, that Christ died for me. I could conclude all these things, but I'm not experiencing the vibrance in that revelation. I'm not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Maybe that's you here tonight. And first, before we go any further, I, I want to give the invitation. See, this is the reality. And I, I just want you to listen. This is the reality is that hell is real. Hell is real. So it's not this fantasy. It's not like this scare tactic that religion created to keep everyone in line. Hell is real. And there's only one or two places that a human is going to go on judgment day. The Bible says that first comes death, then judgment. So our lives are going to be judged. Every action, every thought, every word that's been spoken is going to be judged. And the question is, do you have the power of God? Do you have the helper? Do you have the blood of the Lamb of Christ covering all of those sins or not? You're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. Now, I just spent the last 45 minutes talking about this immeasurable love and grace of God that's been poured out, that's been, that's been infilled in, in our lives. This invitation is for, for everyone that would, that would respond. See, this is the incredible grace of God that God would even give us a, a, an opportunity or a chance to accept or reject him. And so before I go any further, I, I just want to give an, an invitation. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.